Matt Wright and Spike Cohen. Good morning, good afternoon, that's, that's or not, good evening, and welcome we want. to Hold on. the Vanguard. Wait, no, no, just keep talking. There we go. Or, nope, close. Nope, All right. even almost. Well, that's closer. Closer. For Spike Jew Exotic Cohen. Wow. I am Matt Wright, and together we are traversing the muddied waters of freedom. Hey, folks, thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, be sure, hey, I'm over here. Thanks so much for tuning in. <laughs> While I get this worked out, let me uh, just encourage you uh, to be sure to like and share and subscribe and do all the fun things. You don't actually have to do that as well because you're already. You're well, already yeah, but now, now I'm on the left and right. Oh, okay. No, get over to your side. I don't want you. This is my, we each have our own special part of this area. Okay, folks, thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Muddy Waters of Freedom. Uh, this is Muddy Waters Media Production. Be sure to share this right now. Be sure to comment and subscribe and follow and like and press the bell. And if you press the bell, then your phone explodes every time we go live. And, of course, that's what we want. We want you to not be able to have even a moment to yourself of peace without your phone constantly being notified every time we do anything on our YouTube. Thank you so much for being a part of this amazing episode. First and foremost, allow me to thank the wonderful people at SiestaCava.com. SiestaCava.com. Uh, for all of you out there who have not tried the Libertarian Kool-Aid or the Hippie Moonshine, known as Kava, uh, I recommend going to SiestaCava.com. And allow me to thank Kroger for this delicious purified drinking water that I, I picked up at the store. They sell them for $24 pack for $1.98. Right now they're on sale. Usually they're $2.49. That's a 50 cent saving, folks. Bulavanaka. Bulavanaka. This episode, of course, is brought to you by the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus, the fastest growing waffle related caucus in this or any other political party ever, really. I, mean, I don't think anyone's ever done this before. Uh, and if you'd like to become a member, go to Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus Facebook group on Facebook, uh, or you can become an official voting member by going to muddiedwatersmedia.com slash store and buying buttons, because that's, that isn't weird to have a button like that, huh? So muddywatersmedia.com slash store today. Jonathan Reels. Jonathan Reels is running for office, but he doesn't exist, according to the federal government, until he raises at least $5,000. Uh, and then the Federal Election Commission will decide that he is indeed a human being running for the United States House of Representatives. You can help him on his quest to be recognized as a human being by the federal government by going to jonathan.cash today. The Gravy King. Cumberland Cannabis, ethical, effective Cumberland Cannabis Co. Cumberland Cannabis sells uh, very ethical and legal CBD, Tennessee CBD products. If you Google Tennessee CBD, you'll find out what that means. And you can get some of that by going to, I'm going to remember to put the website on this one day, Cumberland. CumberlandCannabisCo.com. There it is. What you see on the screen, Co. add a com to it. Just add a dot. <laughs> see, there's even a dot there. There is just even add a, a dot com after that, just but don't put the spaces. Just add a dot. Don't put the spaces though. Right. CumberlandCannabisCo.com. Dot com. Joe Soloski is running for Pennsylvania governor. He is the key to Pennsylvania's success. And if you'd like to help this libertarian in his run to be Pennsylvania's next governor, go to Joe Soloski. That's J O E S L O O S K I dot com. And Jack Casey. Jack Casey has written. 
in two entire books so far. One of them is about a apparently a ring. The other one is about a knife with a butterfly attached to it that's looking at you. And they are somehow related. I don't know how they are related, but apparently they are related. Um, people apparently are reading it, and people seem to be enjoying it uh, based on what wow. we've been told in the comment section um and people have been rating it on amazon which you should do as well if you buy the book if you don't buy the book don't do that don't be that guy don't be that guy out on the internet rating things you've never looked at or read no but rate it on amazon if you buy it go and buy it today go to the royalgreen.com and his next book crown by gold is coming out sometime this summer which is already now so on tiktok uh, but if you buy at least a thousand copies of his book, all of us together, not just you, if all of us together buy a thousand copies of his book, he will rename that to crowned by whatever you want that other thing to be. That is the power of free market capitalism. Royalgreen.com. Matt, we have a, a, a amazing couple of guests, don't we? We we have a myriad, a myriad of guests. Is two is two qualifies a myriad? It's a word choice. Why not? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, why not? Why doesn't it? Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, I'm not really sure if two qualifies as myriad now. But we're about to find out. Uh, yeah. Folks, do you think it qualifies as myriad? Tell us in the comments. Uh, let let us know us in, in the comments. comments if you think that that's real or not because i'm i mean it might be i mean technically it is a, a plural thing but anyway it is a they are uh these two are based out of virginia beach uh they have a show together called the beach brothers which i have actually been on as well and uh, we are happy to have them on so uh please without any further ado join us in welcoming to the show that's the wrong button the welcoming to the show mr Seiko McMillan and Conrad Shevenshifter. I should have asked you before that. How, Close how, how, what is it? Say, no, tell me. What, hey, so it's it's what, what Seiko Varner and Varner. Conrad Shevenshifter. And we're happy to be here, but I'll be Thank McMillan today. I'll be McMillan. Seiko McMillan. <laughs> Wait, who is Seiko McMillan? Who is Seiko McMillan? I did. I love it. I'm here for it all. Where the hell did I get Seiko McMillan? Seiko Varner. I've yes. on your show like four <laughs> times. Seiko, thank you so much for joining. Conrad, thank you so much for joining. Uh, you guys are based out of Virginia Beach, right? Mm-hmm. Sort of uh, awesome. largest Navy uh, base on the East Coast, uh, right there out of Norfolk and Oceana Naval Air Station right here in Virginia Beach. So big military town. Yeah, one of the best places in the world, man. One of the best places in the world. And in fact, I'm going to be back there in uh, July, July 31st. I will be there for the uh, Concerned Veterans of America event. So I will be there. We might be putting together something on the 30th, too. So more, stay tuned for more info on that. But uh, I'm excited to see you guys. Uh, thank you. Let's go through the muddy waters. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get dirty. <laughs> dirty in a myriad amount of ways yes yeah that's what matt hicks is telling me that doesn't count and well it's matt hicks so i'm already assuming i'm correct if matt hicks is telling you that that's not correct then he you're wrong 
like that. Stephen, okay. you're different. Yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely wrong. Well, that's, it good. Is that's a good to know. Countless or extremely great number. And since I am going to say I'm correct, because they are extremely great guests. So ah. it's a myriad of guests. Don't add me that, Hicks. It is a great <laughs> number of guests by virtue of who they are as people. So, exactly. Seiko, Conrad, tell us about the Beach Bros, what, Beach Brothers. What got you guys to start doing that? What do you guys do over there? Talk to us about that. I'll lead off with Mr. Seiko because he brought the idea of it to me, and I joined on immediately. Yeah, so, you know, Conrad was running for office. I had stopped running for office. And there were just so many political conversations that Conrad and I were having. I said, we need to bring this to the airwaves. I think the, you know, citizenry needs to understand some of the things that we're learning and make sure that they make really informed choices. One of the things that I found out running for the school board is that a lot of citizens don't understand what the school board does, what the city council does, what right. delegates do. You know, they just have very little understanding of that. So we thought that our show could help be that that in you know that educational and fun show. And we wanted to bring politics and I'm very passionate about business. So um, we bring in a edge of business. So it's Virginia business and politics. Now we've kind of moved directly into business, politics and empowerment. I found my space in empowerment. That is awesome. That's great that you guys are doing that. And now you got now I, I've been on your show a couple times and so True. far I've gone on and I've said this stuff that I usually say, which tends to be fairly libertarian stuff. And so far right. I keep getting invited back and I've not <laughs> yet been yelled at by either of you that I remember. So is it fair to say that you guys are somewhat libertarian leaning Conrad? I know you are, but I, I would it fair to say libertarian leaning or maybe what, how would you describe uh, your respective, uh, each of your respective uh, political leanings or beliefs. And you want to go first, Con? Yeah, sure. Um, okay. I, I would definitely like the idea of leaning into it. Uh, I would compare it to a couple of uh, local politicians here. Um, we have uh, Mr. John Moss, Miss uh, Jessica Abbott. They are what is considered to be libertarian-leaning Republicans. But I thought that that was a vein that was never really given to Democrats much. And due to a recent um, great appeal that I have to modern monetary theory and belief that I can help fund some of uh, advanced social welfare programs, that we didn't really need to have an actual overburdening regulatory system in order to do that. And all the way down to, like, say, drug laws, immigration, things like that comes out to mind. I'm like, I can still keep, actually, a lot of my base libertarian feelings, but actually be progressive at the same time. So that I sort of merged it in the other direction, not just having to lean Republican. So that's how I would look at it. So more of like right. a libertarian-leaning progressive. I'm, I'm, I'm independent. I'm independent. And it's, you know, I've been a Democrat. I voted as a Democrat. I've been a Republican. I voted as a Republican. And after I really took a deep look at both parties and what was happening and what was not happening, I said, this is craziness. Neither one of these parties are working in my interest nor the interest of my community. They're just fighting each other. I tell people a lot that people play politics 
like football. You know, if you like the Washington football team, you know, good or bad year, you're rooting for Washington. And if you like the Dallas Cowboys, good or bad year, you're rooting for the Dallas Cowboys. And so when the Republicans do some stupid crap, then they still get support by their Republicans. And when the Democrats do some silly stuff and crazy mess, they still get support by the Democrats. And I just can't be in either one of those camps anymore. So, you know, I, I started off as a Democrat um, pretty much because everyone in my house voted as a Democrat. And right. then I ended up listening to a Rush Limbaugh show. <laughs> and so I listened to Rush Limbaugh. I actually listened to him for about 30 years. Actually, I want to say 20 years, maybe about 20 years. Uh, it was like 92. I heard a Rush Limbaugh show and I was like, wow. This guy kind of speaks like the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. He kind of speaks like Messiah Garvey. And then as I listened to him a little more and more and I got hanitized, then I started realizing, hey, these folks are not for us. <laughs> these folks are just for themselves. Uh, it's right. a lot of hypocrisy. You know, something that a Democrat would do, they'd be like, boo, we don't want this. And then a Republican would do the same thing. And I was like, okay, this is, you know, this is a lot of mess. Uh, I can't get anywhere with either one of these parties, so I'm stepping out. So I became a, Repu uh, became a uh, Republican, listened to Rush, and then I really looked at it and I said, hey, I'm an independent. And then in the 2020 election, for the very first time, I cast a ballot for you and for Joe Jorgensen. Thank you. And it wasn't because that I was voting against Trump or voting against Biden. I was actually voting for somebody who I really kind of believed in their positions. Now, I thought that Biden was a bunch of junk and I thought that Trump was a bunch of junk. So they weren't going to get my vote anyway. But you did. And so am I libertarian leaning? I'm libertarian, libertarian learning. You're libertarian. I, would like to say. I like You're that. I like that a lot. Okay. Yeah, I'm yeah. libertarian learning. So, uh, I've got a chance to go to a couple of the uh, libertarian meetings. I can't say everything was honky dory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> not in the great uh, so state of Virginia. That, um, that but is, I do uh, like what you say, Spike. Well, and I've you. learned a lot. And I tell you what, the best clip from the Beach Brothers show is Blue Cross Blue Chicken. <laughs> <laughs> the Blue Cross so Blue look, Chicken plan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But whenever you want to Google Blue Cross Blue Chicken, you're going to find a great video with Spike. It's probably on uh, It's on one of our YouTube channels. It's on Twitter. It's on Facebook. You'll find a Blue Cross Blue Chicken. Does that Spike come up if broke you Google it? Down. I loved it, Does man. that? I like Oh, wow, it does. If you, if you Google Blue Cross Blue Chicken, my video comes up. That is hilarious. <laughs> Oh, we're here for it, man. You brought it. And I was like, yes, this makes so much sense. It I makes love it. So I I'm libertarian learning. And I think the way you said it was interesting. How did you say it? Liberturning. 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 Libertarian learning is okay. better. Liberturning so, is me trying to hobble it together. Go ahead, Matt. Sorry. Say, no, you're fine. So, Sega, uh, I grew up in Virginia. Um, I grew up in Northern Virginia. And, okay. um, I will never get used to hearing them being called the Washington football team ever. <laughs> I don't even like, I, I have never liked them. I have always rooted against them except against the Cowboys. Cause I dislike them more, but uh, yeah, like I have never been like anytime people have been like, Oh yeah, the Washington football team is playing. I kind of go, are they? 
Mm. Are they though? <laughs> or are they just there? <laughs> well, I, I kind of use the Washington football team and the Dallas Cowboys because it's red and blue. Red and blue. Mm-hmm. I get it. I right, right. It's you know Democrat, Republican, blood, crip, <laughs> Dallas. Yeah, yeah, that's Washington. accurate. Blood, yeah. it, blood and crip is actually probably the best description because people actually get killed. Whereas like with right. football, it's just like entertainment. <laughs> so it's actually probably a good a good thing. So then tell us a little bit about the uh, the um, Hampton Roads Black Caucus. What what started that? Well, uh, I'll start on this one. So I'm the chairman for the community action team. And the Hampton Roads Black Caucus has actually been in business, been alive for about 10 years, maybe. And um, some 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 constituents got together and said, a lot of the things that are happening politically in Hampton Roads are not positively impacting the black community. So we want to pull ourselves together and say, hey, these these are our concerns, and we want our politicians to address our concerns as well. And the only way we think that our concerns are going to be even considered is if we show up in droves. If there's a myriad (laughs) of people coming together and saying, hey, we have the same concerns. And so when I ran for office in 2018, I learned about the Black Caucus because I didn't know about them before then. But they give endorsements. So I said, let me chase their endorsements. So I sat down, met with them, and I learned about it. I was like, you know what? I should be involved in this. I didn't win the race. But I came back the next year and said, you know what? I think that what you have here is beautiful. We just need to make it larger. You know, we really truly need to have a myriad of people who are going to stand up and say, hey, politicians, you need to rock with us or we're not rocking with you. And so I developed what I call the community action team. We call ourselves the Battle Cats. And we have a couple of agenda items that we're working on. We're coming up with a report card for seated politicians. The Hampton Roads Black Caucus already vets people who are running, you know, for candidates, you know, so uh, they have a candidate vetting system. And to be honest with you, their vetting system has really been around 80% accurate. You know, the people who receive the endorsement from the Hampton Roads Black Caucus normally win about 80% of the time. Uh, But now we're coming with a report card to say, hey, you're screwing up. You know, (laughs) you got a C. You know, we want better. We want a B. We want an A. You know, if you have a D, you got to get out of here. You got an F, you got to get out of here. And we're going to make sure that the community gets a better understanding of how they're being misrepresented by their selected officials. So now, what are like a couple of the examples of the main issues that you guys are pushing forward in this caucus? Okay. Um, You want to talk now or shall I continue? Uh, well, you'd be able to be a little bit more authoritative on it, but we have a certain um, group of pillars, uh, four pillars um, that are with the Hampton Roads Black Caucus. And I joined um, back in right in December, January cutoff because I knew I wasn't going to be running anytime soon. But I wanted to be part of an organization that had both gravitas and people look to it for information. And I want to be part of the team that helps dispense that information to the people. So we want to make sure that we grow the community, both economically and educationally. And I believe that they can really take the HIBC seriously. And I wanted to make sure I help push it into, you know, the agendas that I think are very valid. And um, Mr. Seiko has a good depth of knowledge on that. 
Right. So the four pillars are primarily economic growth, black business growth, community education, and community engagement. Those are the four pillars that the Hampton Roads Black Caucus developed. We've developed an interesting process. The community action team, the Battle Cats, have developed watchdogs. So we have Battle Cat watchdogs, two per city. So now in Virginia Beach, there's somebody who's going to all the city council meetings and reporting back to us, going to all the school board meetings and reporting back to us. Same thing in Chesapeake, same thing in um, Suffolk, Hampton, Newport News, Portsmouth. You know, um, so now we have two people who are going to these meetings and they're reporting back because a lot of the things that happen at the city council meetings, at the school board meetings, really don't get the community awareness that they need to have. You know, in, in Virginia Beach, there was a backdoor meeting where they decided that, hey, we don't want to have a community review panel, a citizen review panel to have police oversight. You right. know, that wasn't even discussed in a public forum. It didn't come up to a popular vote. It was a backdoor vote. It's not even listed in the minutes. You know, those types of things are happening. And we wanted to be sure that we knew exactly what was happening in our cities so we can say, hey, politicians, you're not rocking with us. And if you don't rock with us, we don't rock with you. As a matter of fact, if you don't rock with us, we're going to make sure you don't win anymore. We're going to make sure that nothing works out for you. You know, you have to take care of your constituents. And unfortunately, in America and in our cities in general, that's not happening in the way that it needs to happen. So we have Battle Cat watchdogs in each one of the cities. We also developed a report card. And one of the other things that we're getting ready to launch, and actually I probably shouldn't talk about it because I don't have total approval for it yet, but uh, we're going to meet with each elected official and put them on the record for a lot of the things that the community wants. You know, for instance, we wanted an end to qualified immunity. We wanted to answer that. You know, you spoke on that yourself, Brother Spike. Yeah. And one of the things that we saw happen is our delegates who we voted for who said, hey, we agree with you. Anybody who does wrong needs to be punished. And then they went to the, uh, you know, I, I can't even think of the name, the state house. You know, they went to where the delegates okay. went. Right. And they said, nah, we're not going to worry about it right now. So the very people that yep. people who voted you know, those who said, I'm I'm a blue and well, blue through and through, you know, blue no matter who. I'm voting for all of everybody Democrat. Well, the Democrats just let you know. Yeah. And yeah. the Republicans were saying, ah, we don't want to listen to you. Mm -hmm. It's not the, our problem. The blue so, back the thin blue line. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a thin line between love and hate. And unfortunately, um, too many of the politicians are going to learn that we may have loved you before, but we don't love you anymore. Well, so that's good. So you've uh, got that's what the Anthros Black Caucus is doing. We're going to make sure that the interests of our community are pushed and get the political attention that they deserve. Well, and that's you're doing it the way to do it. You get involved in your communities. You're going to actual meetings. You're going to city council meetings. You're going and talking to delegates, uh, which are the that's for those who don't know. Those are what the legislators are called in in Virginia. You're going and meeting with legislators. You're meeting with the people. Uh, you're bringing people together behind your common reforms and your common goals, which sound just suspiciously libertarian. But we'll we'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, but uh, 
uh, I'm really listen. I'm really happy about what you guys are doing, and I'm looking forward to seeing. I, I am I going to see both of you? Am I seeing you guys in Virginia when I'm when I'm coming up there? Make yes, it sir. Absolutely. Well, I'm looking forward to what we can maybe. I, I'm already talking with Libertarian Party Virginia, and uh, the I know Hampton Roads or Virginia Beach has a Libertarian affiliate as well. Uh, I'm going to be talking mm-hmm. with you guys because maybe we can put something together the night before because I'm actually coming in the day before the CVA event, so we may be able to do a big thing with Virginia. Uh, uh, B, uh, Virginia Libertarian Party, Virginia Beach, or uh, Hampton Roads, the Black Caucus. You know, uh, we, we can do a big thing. We can all get together yeah. and uh, and see where we agree on stuff and and uh, work to set uh, Hampton Roads free. True, true. Yeah, we're here for it. You know, we are here for everything that's really going to make this a more perfect union. You know, so everybody can truly appreciate and live out the American dream, and everyone has equal access to the beautiful things that our country has. And it takes people like you speaking out to bring that to fruition. And uh, if that sounds libertarian, so be it. We're here for it. It sounds pretty libertarian. So, guys, before I let you go, thank you again. Thank you so much for coming on. Before I let you go, uh, how can people find you? Plug all your stuff. Plug your shows, your social media, the whole thing. How do, how do we find you? I'll lead off. Um, Conrad has been in for Virginia Beach. I have my, my own political page because I've run um, before. I'll pretty sure I'll run again. Also, I want to make sure you guys like the Hampton Roads Black Caucus on Facebook. Just learn more about us. And of course, like the Beach Brothers Show on the Seiko. All right. Yeah. So you can find me on the Beach Brothers Show. I have my own podcast. It's called Get On Code. And it's kind of named after Neely Fuller's compensatory code for the Negro. So uh, back in the 50s, Neely Fuller uh, who's interesting because Neely Fuller is extremely light-skinned. He was able to pass for white, and he got a chance to go back between different worlds back in the 50s. And he came back to the Black community and said, hey, we need to get on code. There are a lot of things that are happening that are not working in our collective interest. And so he put out a book called The Compensatory Code for the Negro. So our show is called Get on Code, and it's all about empowerment. Everything that we focus on is about empowerment. We're not looking for anything but empowerment. We think with empowerment, everything else can happen. You know, the civil rights program, you know, the civil rights struggle, you know, that was kind of go along to get along. And it left us unempowered. So uh, my show was called Get On Code. You can find it on YouTube. You can find it on Facebook. You can find it on Twitter. Uh, You can find me easily at Seiko Varner, S-E-K-O, V-A-R-N-E-R, at Seiko Varner, you'll find me. And I look forward to having you down here in the area, man. Man, every time you come down here, Spike, you just light a fire of interest. And uh, let's keep this fire going. Let's keep it burning. Absolutely, guys. Well, uh, Conrad, Seiko, thank you again so much for coming on. Hopefully uh, get to have you on again soon. And uh, also uh, hope to uh, be back on your shows as well. And I will see you uh, next month in, uh, in Hampton Roads. Absolutely. Thank you all so much. All right. Appreciate it, guys. Yep. Thank you guys so much. And yes, so that was cool. That was awesome. I can't believe I called him Seiko McMillan. So it turns out if I type the words S-E-K-O on my phone in the notes, it automatically puts McMillan after that. Why? I don't know. I don't know why. Okay. I don't have anyone in my contacts named Seiko McMillan. 
I don't have anyone on. Uh, I just Googled Seiko McMillan. There is no Seiko McMillan. I have no idea who Seiko McMillan is. I'm friends with Seiko. I know his name <laughs> is Seiko Varner. I have no clue what just happened. Anyway, yeah, no, they were a great guest, and uh, and uh, that was cool. Yeah, we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be there. Also, another thing to plug uh, to on Thursday at nine after Writer's Block. Join us on Clubhouse. We're going to be doing a special Clubhouse event uh, where we are going to be uh, raising money for the Muddy Waters crew to come out to Tunica, Mississippi uh, next month for the Breaking Boundaries for Freedom event in Tunica, Mississippi. Uh, So tune in again uh, on on Thursday after the writer's block. Tune in at 9 p.m. Eastern on Clubhouse. If you cannot make it to the Clubhouse uh, the link to donate is going to be in the comments right now ish. I think did that go in case it didn't go. I'm going to send it again. Weird. Not seeing it. I don't know why, uh, that isn't. Oh, are you doing it on restream? Cause sometimes that doesn't work. Sometimes they're, Sometimes their function, their function, you have to, it just won't work. You have to send it separately on Facebook and, and YouTube. Oh, um, so. well, that's okay. Yeah. Gotcha. That makes, I guess that makes sense. I mean, not a lot of sense, but I guess it makes sense. Yeah. Like it will literally, it'll do it if you. Gotcha. If, if you, you do each one individually. individual thing like that. Yeah. And do it. It's the dumbest thing. But anyway. That's, yeah, that's. Yeah. No, it's stu- I hate it. Uh, yeah, that's dumb. All right. So, no, they uh, really glad those guys came on. Um, now, you know what else we're glad for? And that's the Mudwater Coffee Alternative Masala Chai Mushroom Coffee Replacement Cacao Rapid Fire segment brought to you by Mudwater. Delicious coffee alternative. If you woke up today and said, oh my God, if I ever have coffee again, I swear I will. I will have a very, very bad day. I would rather have a coffee alternative that's made out of masala chai, cacao, mushrooms, turmeric, sea salt, cinnamon, and literally nothing else. Well, folks, what fantastic news I'm about to put inside of your ear holes. If you go to muddywatersmedia.com slash mud, you can buy literally all of that and just that in a beautiful little black tin. It's even the same Much like the one in the picture. Yes, You, too, can have a tin in your hand the same way that this hand has a tin in it. MuddyWatersMedia.com slash mud. Matt? Uh, Patricia Marie, is that Mudwater endorsed by Dr. Oz? I have no idea. I have never watched an episode of Dr. Oz. Yes. What I can tell you is his daughter beat him on the $100,000 pyramid the other day. He completely, uh, Dr. Oz called me right before the show started and he said, Spike, I need you to tell your guests and fans and followers that I 100% think that Mudwater Coffee Alternative is the best coffee alternative on the market. And he specifically brought up the fact that it has one seventh of the caffeine of a regular cup of coffee, just enough yeah. to get you started, but not enough to get you a crash or cause any kind of heart problems because I'm a doctor, Dr. Oz. That's my name. That's a direct quote. Ashley Greer Smoot, yes. Uh, if you want to hear us roast your business, yes, we need more sponsors. Um, yes. 
it's kind of a prerequisite. You have to understand that's probably going we to are happen. Going to ro- yeah, we are right. Not that's going that's to just going to happen. Uh, Jacob, do not. Jacob Blaze, Jacob, Jacob Blaze four twenty. Yes, uh, it works really well for that. I don't actually know, but I know that it would work really well for that from my past experience. Um, Hannah, if you want, you can literally, if you want seven times the amount of caffeine that's in a cup of coffee, if you drink 49, am I doing that seven times? 49, yeah. It's 49 cups of mud water. So basically this entire tin of mud water every day, you too can probably die pretty quickly don't do that don't do that joe Solosky, i'd love to have you back on we will be in touch i can't i will definitely have you back on uh connor yeah we're well we're not selling weed <laughs> we're selling can't, we're selling cumberland cannabis tennessee, co tennessee cbd which is just different than it's tennessee cbd so you can Google that. Yep. And Jacob, it is airtight. That's what I'm saying. It is airtight. It will work fine for what you are thinking you want to use it for. Yes. Um, because yes. remember, anything can be a dildo if you're brave enough. Um, Speaking of which, Alexander Cortez. <laughs> she tweeted about her... Uh, Abuelix. <laughs> Her, her poor abuelas, abuelix's um, house in Puerto Rico, um, talking about how it was dilapidated, dilapidated. And, uh, you know, there were a myriad of things wrong with it. Um, and and, it's, and she, it's Trump's fault. It's all Trump's fault. It's all Trump's fault. Just over a week ago, my abuela fell ill. I went to Puerto Rico to see her my first time in a year plus because of COVID. This is her home. Hurricane Maria relief hasn't arrived. Trump blocked relief money for Puerto Rico. People are being forced to flee ancestral homes and developers are taking them. Well, it's a it's a damn shame that Donald Trump got reelected and Joe Biden hasn't been president for half a year already. Right. Makes me mad. Right. Makes me just mad. Um, so uh, a lot of people pointed out that she recently bought a new Tesla or leased a Tesla and she has two different apartments that are pretty nice and DC and New York and uh, a couple other things. And then Matt Walsh being Matt Walsh. Walsh, And I'm going to, I'm going to say first, I don't like Matt Walsh all the time. I don't like him. Matt Walsh is one of those people that 20% of the time, 10 to 20% of the time I'm like, yeah. And then the rest of the time it's like, what right yeah that's no. that's pretty accurate 10, 10 to 20 percent of the time i find what he does like i either agree with it and he says or it i well, find and I'm or like, i yes. find it funny enough that i'm like i don't even care that i disagree with that but because yeah. that was funny that's um yeah. but uh yeah so matt walsh tore into her uh for having the tesla and Instead of helping out Nana or Ocasio or Nana Cortez, I'm not really sure which one she is. Uh, and then he started a GoFundMe that raised a myriad of dollars just 
just a pure myriad of dollars. 50,000 myriads, actually. <laughs> raised $100,000. Yeah, raised over $100,000, uh, and he reached out to AOC to find out where he could send the money, where he could send the money. He did not get a response uh, immediately. Um, he, he did not get a response where he could send the money, uh, but for some reason, somebody... Somebody in the family, which is how it was worded, somebody in the family turned the money down. I wonder who. I wonder if. I bet it was grandma. I bet it was, yeah, I Na- bet, Nana Ocasio-Cortez. Nana Ocasio-Cortez. I don't think it's Nana Ocasio-Cortez. It's Nana Ocasio or Nana Cortez. I bet that Abuelex Cortez was, <laughs> uh, or KZX uh looked at over a hundred thousand dollars raised so far and said no 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 this would definitely make my granddaughter who has a tesla and a six-figure job look bad look terrible and i I better wait for the funds to be released and then given to the puerto rican governor who will then definitely disperse that the way that it is supposed to be dispersed because they have such a great record of that happening yes yeah that is literally what happened there is and 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 unfortunately we have to deal with president current president Donald donald trump who is still refusing to release funds to puerto rico to give to the not even remotely corrupt government of Puerto Rico and of San Juan, who were 100% not caught hoarding supplies and money for themselves and the people that they favor that did not have multiple videos and pictures of happening. And in in all fairness... Donald Trump probably is still refusing to release the money. Yes. (laughs) Yes. If you ask Donald Trump right now, release the money, he's going to reflexively say no. Right. He he is going to say no. He's going to be like, no, I can't do it. Many people are saying that I'm not. He's probably going to say something along the lines like, that's not my job anymore. You guys... 75 million Americans wanted it to be my job, but 77 million, I don't know, wanted it not to be my job anymore. And uh, so I don't have that job. Somebody else has to do that job. So blame him. And I don't have $77 million to give her. Well, hope I don't know <laughs> if, I don't know if Joe Biden has the hook shot needed to get the supplies to the people of Puerto Rico in time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this um, is like, so you literally, this is a perfect, this is perfect. You have people who mostly don't even like AOC who voluntarily gave money to help her grandmother because what, what are you going to do? It's her grandmother. It's not her fault. It's not the grandmother's fault that AOC is the way she is. And, right. and, and then she on behalf, presumably, 
it wasn't the grandmother doing this, says, no, 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 she doesn't need that. I just made a point of tweeting how terrible her life is, but she doesn't need money that was given to her. This is what a limousine liberal is. Yes. Or a Prada progressive or whatever you want to call them. <laughs> like, like whatever. <laughs> a progressive. A progressive. I like that. aggressive. A progressive. She's certainly not libertarian, folks. Uh, I listen. This is this is so on brand for being a a I care about the poor Democrat. It's your own grandma, and you still wouldn't let her get the money. So that it, because it would mean that you'd have to turn around and say thank you to someone who you don't agree with politically. So you'd have to say thank you to Matt Walsh. You'd have to say thank you to Matt Walsh, who you disagree with politically. So instead, she's got to continue being in these terrible conditions. So one day, years ago, even before we started the show, uh, Matt Walsh had written an article. I'm certain it had to do with trans people. I I don't remember exactly. And I made some post online about something innocuous like it didn't even wasn't political wasn't anything i just made a post this girl starts ripping into me and i was like whoa amanda why are you coming at me this way like you and i were at what's that yeah amanda yeah amanda like why yeah why um i was like you and she was like you hate trans people. And I was like, what the, what are you talking about? Why do you think I hate trans people? And she goes, you wrote an entire article about it. And I had literally just finished reading the Matt Walsh article, like two minutes before I saw that. And I went, do you think I'm Matt Walsh? You and I met at a Monsanto rally and you think I'm Matt Walsh. (laughs) And, Like she was just blasting me for like a half an hour. And I was like, why are you so mad at me? What did I do to you? That was like when I was a little child and people would come up and congratulate me on how good do the right thing was. So speaking of taxes, on Saturday, the finance ministers from the G7 nations announced their support for a global corporate minimum tax of 15% which would require companies to pay at least a 15% rate in each country they operate in. Not just their main one, all of them, Matt. All of them. And of course, course, in completely unrelated (sighs) news, companies around these seven countries are fleeing to the other 194 countries that are out there. Right, however many more. Yeah, uh, so the agreement, which uh, for anybody who doesn't know, the G7 is composed of Canada, France, Germany, the U.S., Italy, Japan, and the U.K. Not China, though. Not China, not Russia. Not Brazil. Not, not you know, any of the other 194 or whatever it is. Um, Now, the G7 minutes, sorry, they are calling for an extra tax on profits from the largest and most profitable multinational enterprises, meaning that they are going after your Amazons and your Facebooks and your Googles and or Alphabets, whatever uh, Alphabet, Google's parent company's Alphabet, right? Um, and Apple and things like that. That's what that's who they're going after. Who's willing to bet that your 
Facebooks, your Amazons, your your Alphabet, your Apple are going to figure out a way not to pay that. Yeah. And the companies that have, you know, a secondary office somewhere that are they're international in a way are going to be the ones getting absolutely and royally screwed by this. Yep, 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 yep. And especially because, or they can do the Amazon route, which, okay, fine, I'll pay the tax, but you're going to give me even more money worth of no bid contracts. Even if I don't get it, even if I don't get the contract, which is what just happened with Amazon, with Jeff, uh, or with Jeff Bezos company, Blue Origin, where he lost out on a contract bid from NASA to Elon Musk and uh, and and SpaceX yep. and uh, and so his uh, his senator uh, Maria Cantwell added to a, a, a bill a basically a bailout for him. He's still getting the ten billion dollar reward even though he's not fulfilling the contract. He's just getting that money. And uh, in completely unrelated news, he has announced that he's buying MGM for eight and a half billion dollars and that he- he's flying to orbit the 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 earth yeah he's going in he announced he's going into space today yeah like i have seen people move after a rough divorce <laughs> but that's taking it a little far yeah jeff i swear um if you nuke us from orbit i am canceling <laughs> my prime account okay so, so the g7 ministers are actually going to attempt to go to the other however many countries and uh sell this plan Mm. to you know countries like ireland um and ireland oddly enough has managed to attract lots of tech jobs due to its low corporate tax rate of 12 and a half percent um and so it doesn't want to give up that competitive advantage so i'm betting they say no they say no, or they hold out for some kind of aid or something like that, which nullifies the whole purpose of the tax of raising revenue to begin with. Right. They're also going to do a profit sharing thing, which I didn't get into. I wanted to get more into this, but stupid Fauci's emails. Um, stupid Fauci. Stupid Fauci. The droplets, the droplets from COVID. We're all going to get COVID. We're all going to die. He sounds like a 90-year-old smoking Jew, New York Jew. Wow. COVID. COVID's gonna get us all. Smoking New York Jew. Yeah. It's okay, folks. His girlfriend's Jewish. He's a she's a she's a, a well she's a agricultural Jew. She's an ag she's an agri Jew. She's an ag an ag Jew. An ag Jew. So yeah. Speaking of the Supreme Court, they announced <laughs> today that they're not gonna hear a yes, challenge sir. to use this yesterday. That they will not hear a challenge to the male-only military draft, surprising literally no nobody, man. not a single single person. Nope. Uh, they they did say, and part of the reason for saying that they weren't going to hear a challenge to it is because Congress is currently looking at changing the law. And I am that's that- always been a reason not to look <laughs> at current law. At current law and whether or not it's constitutionally sound. Um, and they will surely, Congress that is, will surely yeah. expand the draft oh, to yeah. all people instead yes. of just, wait. Yeah. No. That definitely, they're definitely, they're definitely going to do that. 
that's going to happen. They're definitely going to say, yep, every everybody is in the draft now. Everybody. Yeah. They're everyone. not saying that. Yeah. No, they're not going to say that. God, Speaking of judges. I can't even imagine the fallout if they were like, yeah, I mean, I guess now everybody's in the draft. It, the draft would end. Immediately. Let's be very clear. There's never going to be a female draft in the U.S. There will either be a male-only draft or no draft. Yeah. Okay? So when people say, don't you think women should be drafted? I'm like, yes, I think that they should jump on that landmine so that it's over. So that and, and by jump on the landmine, I mean that I don't mean women should be drafted and then jump on landmines. I mean that the, the Congress should jump on the landmine of saying that women have to be drafted just so that during those deliberations, someone gets up and goes, hey, we've not used the draft since Vietnam. Maybe we should get rid of it and you, instead of using it to scare men. And they go, OK, and then that'd be the end of that. Yeah, because we live in the patriarchy. Anyway, California judge did the unthinkable and has overturned this is actually a i want everyone to sit down for a second yeah this is unbelievable this is actually pretty i don't know what i was thinking when i did this order of things this just doesn't make any sense at all no but listen no this was a big deal this was not just what he did but why he did it He has overturned a California law, this California judge, banning AR-15s and said the state law, state's law was unconstitutional and that prohibiting such firearms for decades was a, as he put it, failed experiment. He this was in wrong, his ruling. Wow. He's not, no. Uh, the judge, then he compared an AR-15 to a Swiss army knife where he said, Like the Swiss Army knife, the popular AR-15 is a perfect combination of home defense weapon and homeland defense equipment, Benitez says in the ruling. Um, He did, however. One giant Swiss Army knife. One giant Swiss Army knife. We're going to get more into that in a second. Um, But uh, he did grant a request from current California Attorney General Rob Bonta uh, a he granted him a 30-day stay of the ruling, uh, which will bring about an appeal from the state. Um, Bonta was quoted as saying, there is no sound basis in law, fact, or common sense for equating assault rifles with Swiss Army knives, especially on Gun Violence Awareness Day. You'll notice they haven't uh, challenged his assertion that it was a failed experiment and unconstitutional. (laughs) No, it's really hung up on the Swiss Army knife. Everything is about the Swiss Army knife from here on out because that's the only thing they're going after. This law is stupid. It doesn't work. It's against the Constitution, making it illegal. And also, in my opinion, it's kind of like a Swiss Army knife. How dare you compare this thing to a Swiss Army knife? So... Governor Recall, uh, Governor Gavin Recall, Democrat, said of the Swiss Army knife comparison, it completely undermines the credibility of this decision and is a slap in the face to the families who've lost loved ones to this weapon. No, I'm not going to address his assertion that it's a failed experiment and unconstitutional. 
I had to look. I was like, is that in there? Yeah, no, he said all of them. <laughs> Dr. Oz thinking. actually told me he said that. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, we're not backing down from this fight and we'll continue pushing for common sense gun laws that will save lives. How's California Any been day doing now. on that recently? Any, Any day. day now, they're going to start that, saving lives. Bound now, to. Like, people are like... As you can see, like Bonta and Governor Recall are uh, very upset about the a, the Swiss Army knife uh, comparison. But according to USA Today, I mean, it's a very valid. You can it is anything. It's a very versatile piece of machinery. Put a nuclear missile, a Nazi V two rocket, the USS Kitty Hawk. And the entire city of San Antonio, Texas, which I've been to. Right. The good old chainsaw bayonet, a self-moving apparatus. Like... So just so you know, the chainsaw bayonet is actually true. That's real. That one's real. You actually <laughs> can get that. The one that's almost the silliest is actually true. I'm sure someone would make a trebuchet if you asked him to. Uh, Probably. It would suck. But that Kitty Hawk. You know, the USS Kitty Hawk, I would definitely add to an AR-15. I mean, if the entire city of San Antonio, I don't know. I don't know. That seems like more of a burden than anything else. That that feels a bit much. And a nuclear missile, you can end up potentially hurting yourself. But the USS Kitty Hawk, that's, that's serious firepower there. Right. I actually named so, this file when I made it. This could also be a political chart. Yes, because this is this kind of... It kind of well, could so be... Only if you move the Nazi rocket over to the right and the self-moving apparatus to the left, then this would actually potentially be a political chart. See, I don't know. No, I'm not going to say that. Never mind. <laughs> I'm just going to leave that one alone. Yeah, we're going to not say yeah. that. So... Here's what we are going to say, though, folks. Something really great. Right now, we are going to the personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, Anchor Colin moment, where you can go to anchor.fm slash muddiedwaters, and you can leave us messages, and we play those messages and answer any questions that you have right here on the show. And uh, we have three messages tonight. Oh, also, when you go over to anchor.fm slash muddy waters you can donate and you can leave us money you can give money to us and then we will love you now you don't have to give donations for us to listen to you or play your messages but we will like you more so our first message comes from mr james m ray Hello, Tasha Cohen's husband and guy on left. This is James M. Ray with a little message about the upcoming LPF convention. I think we should go on offense 
about things like legalizing blowjobs, especially since we've had hypocrites like Frat Gates and New England Patriots owner Robert Kraft using illegal sex workers in Mr. Kraft's age, at least they were all adults, for sexual purposes. Since we as libertarians believe that this should be legal, I am proposing that we start trending a legalized BJ's hashtag and also elect Martha Bueno. She is the best. That's quite a coupling there. So, <laughs> just no transition or segue at all. Um, so I'm going to address talk each of about those legalizing two. BJ's and uh, and Martha Bueno. For Mar- so, and Martha so, bueno. so let's d- separate those two items for a moment because they are two separate items. Number they one two, item, they, those two issues do not have anything to do with each other. Items totally separate. The first one, yes, libertarians uh, definitely support legalizing sex work. What you do with another consenting adult is uh is no one's business and um yeah there are all sorts of different hashtags you can make for that one issue number two completely separate from the first thing that we've already talked about and are now finished with and second issue is a lady by the name of martha bueno very very dear friend of mine down in miami and she is wonderful woman Wonderful woman. She's running for commissioner there uh, or running to be on the commission there. I think that's what it's called. Hold on a second. I think it's called the it's it's for the city. Hold on. Marta Bueno. For, I think yeah. I think her birthday is uh, yeah, two days. Miami-Dade Commission District 10. I, I knew I wasn't making that up. And everyone should go and support her for that. Yes. Everybody should go and support Marta Bueno. She is fantastic. Uh, and, uh, and there are also probably some great hashtags you could come up for that, which again, completely separate. Completely totally separate. Zone completely thing, separate. standalone campaign. Yes. Thank you, James. <laughs> oh, fuck, James. Jesus. Hey, guys. This is Matt Hicks calling in on the personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney of law, anchor calling moment, TM. I just wanted to uh, apologize to you and all of your devoted listeners for not calling in in the last, uh, uh, hell, I don't know. It's been a little while, but I've been busy, right? There's there's the beer. (laughs) uh, I don't get home from work until like 6.30 usually. I hate to even say that that's a thing. And then I got this baby goat that I'm dealing with, right? Like right now. If you hear all this ruckus in the background a little bit, maybe you can hear it, maybe not. That's her, like, stomping around and stuff. And I'm just sitting here drinking a beer, waiting for her to calm down so I can lock her in a box and then go eat dinner. Yeah, that's about all I got. Hashtag Lazy Legend. A box? Why would you lock her in a box? She's a goat. Can't she eat her way out? Yeah, how do you... What kind, what's the box made out of? Maybe this second. He's got a second one. Maybe this one explains what the box is made of. No, I know what the second one's about. Uh, hey, guys. This is Matt Hicks. Again, on the personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, anchor Colin moment, TM. Again. Uh, that wasn't all I had to talk to you about earlier. Uh, I want to talk about the death penalty. So the reason this is an issue is because South Carolina is about to start executions again on the uh, 18th. 
and uh, I and several of my friends are going to be at a vigil for the soon to be executed on that evening. Um, but uh, yeah, I wanted you to, if you would, encourage all of your listeners to talk to their elected officials about it because the government gets it wrong one in nine times. That's according to conservative yeah. estimates. That's more than yeah. 10% of people that are executed are not even guilty of the crimes they committed. Forget about uh, technicalities and all of that. And we're not even going to talk about the morality of killing another human being. But yeah, do something. Hashtag Lizard Legend. Yeah, so one in nine. Do you, do you know what he is referring to? The one of nine? No, the what uh, South Carolina is doing. I know that they're reinstating the death penalty, but I don't know much detail beyond that. Well, allow me to enlighten you. What's going on in your state? Uh, state. (laughs) So, uh, yes, they are reinstating the death penalty. However, since the early aughts, um, many of the companies who make the chemicals that are being used uh, for lethal injection have made it more difficult for governments to purchase them. Because, you know, free market, and they can do that. Um, So South Carolina is now giving people the option of the electric chair, which will be the preferred method, I suppose, of the state. Uh, But the person who is being executed will then have the choice of electric chair, firing squad, or if available, lethal injection. So they are going to literally ask the person, how would you like to die? How would you like to die? And here's the thing. Now, there are some states that because they're having a hard time getting the the other uh, poisons that they use, they've resorted to Zyklon B. Yep. Which is what they used. It works. Because it works well. Yeah, it works. It works. To kill well over a million Jews were killed through that method. Yep. And other, not just Jews, but others as well. Uh, others, right. M- many other, many, uh, well over a million people were killed uh, in the Holocaust using Zycon B. Um, I would say between all these different options, I would probably pick Firing Squad because that one's going to be fast. There's a misconception that the electric chair is actually like easy and painless. Like it's super quick. Extremely, extremely painful. The handful of people that have survived them have said it's you know have described it as the worst minute or two, and most excruciating and agonizing minute or two of their lives. Uh, right. Followed by, of course, then they dealt with all sorts of issues afterwards because they actually survived it. But yeah, no, it's a terrible, terrible horrific way to die and people we we thought it was easy because people didn't move much but that's because they're paralyzed but they're in excruciating agonizing pain i believe that um the first the first use of the electric chair uh is coming up in south carolina since 2008 so it's been like 13 years since they last used it and they went strictly to lethal or they may have gotten rid of when when did they get rid of the uh, death penalty there? Since they're just they, they now never, bringing it back, they've never 
got rid of it, but it was like a moratorium. It was like a okay, gotcha, moratorium okay. or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so they're bringing it back uh, with the electric chair. Now, many of the people who are against this, um, which is a lot of people on death row and uh, people who believe that the government should not be murdering people, um, they are saying that it's unconstitutional because the people who went to death row went there under the assumption that they would be getting lethal injection and that now you can't change it like you can't change it on them because you are now giving them a much worse much more painful way to die as opposed to the injection um according to stephen uh witt who's also down there or up there in south carolina has been 13 years um but so they're saying that this is a much less practical, uh, much more painful, much more torturous way to kill people. And you, when they got convicted, they were kind of under the assumption that it would be lethal injection. And now you cannot change this on them. And they're saying, no, they got the death penalty. Now they get to pick between, you know, one of two or three options. Yeah. So I, I looked it up and I, cause when you said that it wasn't, it was literally, they haven't been able to kill anyone since 2011 because no one will sell them the drugs necessary to do it so that's what this bill would do is to uh is to force them to choose of these different methods instead of uh you know holding them on death row until the the um until the 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 uh until the the drugs become available so that's that's what that's about um the death penalty one for every one person that has been executed in the U.S. or for every nine people that have been executed in the U.S., one has been exonerated. Now, keep in mind, most of those exonerations have only happened in the last 30 or 40 years as there have been groups like the Innocence Project and so forth that have been getting more and more aggressive in in proving that many of these people did not commit the crimes that they were accused of. So it's probably even higher than that. It's probably, if you if you take that number since they've started doing that, it's closer to one out of six. So many people assume that if the death penalty is invoked, that it means that the uh, it means that the um, that you know the the evidence threshold was much higher and the jurors took it way more seriously, and we really really know that this person did this egregious crime. It's actually the opposite. It's actually when they invoke the death penalty, they also typically go in so hard with emotionalism and railroading the client, the uh, the defendant, uh, and these defendants very often are using public defenders uh, who really have no interest in fighting this uh yeah no it's actually a higher rate of wrongful convictions than of most other convictions oh and also it's racist we found out it's racist because uh when the uh you may have heard of race norming which is uh they just this came up in the nfl the nfl uh, yeah yeah when people that are retiring from the nfl and they're applying for uh coverage uh, because of uh, um, uh, brain injuries from the NFL, CTE, and things like that, and they go based on their their IQ after the fact. Uh, they race norm, which means that the uh, the average IQ of of what is expected, what will what if you fall below it, you'll get benefits for. If you're white, is here, but if you're black, it's here. Which means that if your IQ is let's say 68, uh, but you're white, you'll get your benefits. Uh, but if you're black, 
you won't because according to the NFL, black people are just dumber. And if that offends you, it should, but they're doing it with the death penalty too. You have uh, government, state governments that are arguing in court that that 68 IQ, if you're white, means you shouldn't be executed because you just don't have the mental faculties to fully right. understand the scope of what it is you did. You should still be punished for it, but not killed for it because you didn't fully, you weren't able to grasp it, but unless you're black, because then you're, well, black people are just dumber. Which that logic doesn't make say any that. sense. I get that, but that logic makes no sense. Like, if you killed somebody and you don't high score high func- uh, cognitively on the testing, you're white. Don't score well, that's high because- cognitively. It doesn't matter. Even if you think black people are dumber, even if you really think that, if your IQ is at th- th- at this level means this that you level. can't process it, then that's what it should mean. It's not like, well, you know, blacks are normally like that anyway, so let's kill them. That's literally what is being decided. This is what it looks like when you give government the power to decide whether you live or die. They use it like this. They railroad people. They make up the most uh, ridiculous and sometimes racist excuses to murder you. And yes, it is murdered. It is not defense. It is premeditated. And it does not defend immediately. It's not defending the life of anyone. This is someone who already could just be in prison for the rest of their lives without parole. They pose no threat to anyone. You can put them in super lockdown if you want to. It also doesn't save any money because I've heard, you know, anytime I bring this up, people go, I don't want my tax dollars to go towards putting someone in a cage. I get that. It actually costs more. More money. And we've talked about that on this show. It actually costs more money to keep them on death row because the death row security is much higher because they're all on death row and they all know they're going to die. So they have many more, you know, in, in a regular prison, there are multiple prisoners per uh, uh, corrections officer. In death row, there's multiple officers per inmate. It's it's completely flipped around. Uh, and they typically are in there from anywhere from 10 to 20 years while they have appeals every year in order to, just in case they yep. didn't do it, we can find that out. Now, the only way to make the death penalty cheaper than life in prison is to reduce the amount of time they're in there fighting to prove that they're innocent, which means you're going to kill even more innocent people. So there is no moral, just, or, or, or taxpayer money efficient way of executing people. Right. You just have to put them in prison for the rest of their lives. Government should not be making these decisions. And now, I, I, I have to ahead. say, somebody, uh, Daniel Sires, if I said your last name wrong, I apologize. I like his plan. If somebody gets the death penalty, give them death by marijuana to find out if somebody <laughs> could die from smoking too much weed. And they can't. Probably not. I mean, they can't. That, you want to talk I'm, about expensive? I am not. I am not arrogant enough to think that there is a river out there that doesn't contain a bend. But uh, I'm pretty certain it'll be a long time before you find somebody who overdoses on marijuana. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's not. It's not going to happen. I'm sure they'll sign up for that. Oh, we, death by yes. Let's I will try take that. that. Let's see if I we can get days. started today. Jo- Joseph Adams says I've tried. You can't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, I listen, I, oh, and, and the, the other thing people will say is, well, but what if, um, 
you know, what about these like serial killers and mass murderers and 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 child molesters? Well, you're talking like, child... well, child molesters don't get it. They don't get the death penalty. You know what they, they do don't get? get? They get prison justice. Right. And so would the serial killers. If someone is obviously guilty of, you know, a mass murdering serial killer, whatever else, put them in the general population. Yeah. Now, it's it's beyond a shadow of a doubt that this person did it. And when you're and when you're talking about uh, when you're talking about serial killers or mass murderers, you are talking about like 0.01 percent. I don't remember the exact stat, but it's it, it is much smaller than a percentage of people on death row. You are talking about the minuscule of the minuscule. That yeah. is the same as saying. Why go drive today? Because I might get into an accident. Right, right, right. That is what yeah. you are talking about when you're like, oh, but what about people like Jeffrey Dahmer? Okay, name another one. I mean, you can if you really want to, like Ed Gain or Ted Bundy or whatever. But you can name those, but you can't name the other thousands of people who die on death row across the nation because they don't do horrendous stuff like the names that you do know they just end up there many times because they are black yeah and poor and poor yeah poor they can't they can't afford poor and or black or i guess poor and black or poor are the two biggest ones that will get you dead and and mm-hmm. yes, it is murder. It is premeditated. It, it is, is non-defensive. It's murder. They're literally murder. planning it. They put it on a schedule. Yeah, I mean, it, you couldn't premeditate it anymore. It's 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 premeditated. They they ship people in to watch it. They have the media show up. It's murder. They are murdering a person. Uh, and it is not justice. It does not serve as a powerful deterrent. There's no one that's saying, "Oh, I would murder you," but then I might get executed. No, it's not. It's not, it is not a deterrent. It is not justice. It is state-sanctioned murder. And like any other time we give government too much power, they use it in the absolute most garbage way possible. And that's what the death penalty is. And it needs to end. And people are saying, oh, well, prison justice. Does that mean you're saying you trust the average inmate more than you do government? Yes. 100%. Yes. 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 Yep. Yep. Not even no hesitation, absolutely. So <laughs> yes, Z- zero <laughs> issue with that statement. Yeah, no, no, no problem at all. Now he he is on death row for killing how many people? Three. Okay, let's see how many our government killed in the same time span. Yep. Now speaking of people who I trust less than the average inmate, I thought you were going somewhere else with that. Nope. Dr. <laughs> Anthony Fauci. Who, Dr. Fauci. Dr. Anthony Fauci, who is one definitely not just Wario pretending to be a person. No. He is like the doctor. People. He looks like the doctor from um maybe he's not a doctor. I haven't seen this movie in so long. Uh The Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, look up, look up the doctor from the nightmare before Christmas. Uh, that is who that guy reminds me of. I, he strikes me as Wario, but doctor from the nightmare before Christmas. I think it's the nightmare before Christmas. I'm it, it's a, yeah, that guy, the guy in the, let's do 
Oh. You know. Yes. <laughs> I'm still, I'm seeing Wario. I'm sorry. I so speaking yeah, of Wario. I mean, that's just because the Italian thing. Um, <laughs> it's a me, Wario. It's a me, Wario. It's a me, Dr. DeFauci. Dr. DeFauci. Dr. DeFauci. Hey, Dr. So, so last week, of, yeah. <laughs> thanks to a Freedom of Information Act uh, request from BuzzFeed, mm. 3,234 pages of emails were released that has those who hate Fauci convinced he is evil and those who love Fauci convinced he is able to adapt to the changing science of an unknown virus. Well, whichever side of the Fauci fence that you sit on before uh, the email releases, you're still there. That's the same side of the fence you're on. You're just buried deeper into the grass. Literally, no one's minds were changed, mostly because no one read them. They went to their preferred media, like us, to find out (laughs) what they say. And you are very welcome for so many, so many hours of my life. Yeah. Um, now, what is funny is many of the memes that are going out about this uh, are being flagged for uh, missing context, context. which uh, plays along with what Fauci said um, of the only trouble is they are ripe to be taken out of context where someone can snip out a sentence in an email without showing the other emails and say, Based on an email from Dr. Fauci, he said such and such, where you don't really have the full context, which is weird because I read roughly 28 pages, or sorry, 2,800 pages of these emails, and I read all of it, you know, the parts that were redacted, obviously, I didn't read because I couldn't, Um, but I did read those, Um, but what they're being flagged for is uh, the memes say leaked emails instead of legally released emails thanks to a FOI request by BuzzFeed. That is why they are getting flagged for missing context. Yeah. So if you think that people, and I'm not going to say, you know, I'm not going to say that we don't, we as libertarians or we on whatever side you're on, don't do this. We all do it. We will see that something and we will just sort of assume that it's right. Mm-hmm. We won't go and delve into it any deeper. In this case, people who think Fauci is uh, the Italian God that knows all things about medicine, which we're going to get into a little bit more uh, in a second. Um, if you think that, then uh you probably went, yeah, it's missing context. It's missing the context that the emails weren't leaked. They yeah. were legally released thanks to a Freedom of Information Re- uh, Act request by BuzzFeed, and they published them probably against his will. Now, so they're not leaked. They're released. They're but released. They say what they say. Right. Yeah. So, so many people are out there looking for the smoking gun, right? The smoking gun. Now I read roughly two thirds ish 
of these emails over the course of the last week. And there is stuff in there that does not look good. Um, but smoking gun means undeniable proof of guilt. And there's a lot of people out there who will never see anything like that in these emails. Yeah. Now, let's be clear about something. There is such heavy redaction in these. And the only legitimate reason for a government-released email being redacted is for national security purposes. He is in the CDC. He's a doctor with the Centers for Disease Control. He is not in the FBI or the CIA or the Department of Defense or even the State Department. National Security Agency, he's a doctor who's trying to uh, ameliorate the spread of diseases. Yeah, uh, he is not with the CDC. He is with the NAIH. N NAI, yeah. Right. He's, he's a doctor. I don't want to be, I don't want us to be fact checked. No, no, no. Yeah, no, please. Let's not be fact checked. <laughs> right. He's not, he's with the part of the, Health and Human Services. Right. Fun fact. He is the highest paid government worker. Yep. He makes more money than the president. Yep. Because he's a doctor. Because he's so, a doctor. Here is the thing. The reason they're releasing this now, this in is the way the that whole, they are, in the way that they are, and right. you'll notice the articles are saying, Dr. Fauci, this email, these emails show just how hard of a worker Dr. Fauci is. These emails show how much Dr. Fauci cares. These emails show that Dr. Fauci was very conflicted about certain things, which is understandable considering everything that was going on with the virus and all the unknowns that we didn't even know that we didn't know. These emails show that Dr. Fauci was very concerned about a myriad of different things. We said myriad a lot on the show. Uh, many different things and and... That's understandable, given the circumstances. These emails show that Dr. Fauci was concerned about some things that he hadn't quite told us because he's trying to keep us safe. They're leading us down the path of eventually saying these emails show that Dr. Fauci had every reason to believe that it was at least possible that this virus was engineered using gain-of-function research that he pushed for the federal government to fund in a lab that didn't have the biosecurity level to be able to do that kind of research without having a severe risk of a leak. And the reason they're presenting it this way, instead of presenting it as the bombshell that it is, is this is the frog in the boiling water. They slowly turn up the heat until eventually you don't notice it. And then one day when you wake up and go, I'm boiling, they go, you've always been boiling. So here's how this is going to work. As that goes up, and as eventually it is undeniable what this is, and people go, wait a second, right. why is this guy in here? Why is this dog? Why is this guy, uh, a, you know, a why is he still a part of this? He's he's, he's corrupt. Uh, he's he was the one telling people they shouldn't be wearing masks, uh, and and continued saying that even while they were pushing the mask mandates. Uh, why would this be the doctor that we keep going? The media will go. We released that a year and a half ago. That's old news. What are you talking about? We got to move on. This is an important thing. We have whatever other crisis they've created at that point to think about. We can't deal with this anymore. In other words, what difference at this point does this make? This is how they always do it. Right. Now, in talking about the masks, 
um, that Spike just brought up. Uh, yes, back in February of 2020, Dr. Fauci said, you don't need masks. Uh, yep. We don't really see that they have any beneficial help. And if you uh, aren't using the correct kind of masks, you won't see any uh, positive effect at all. Uh, so I don't think that they're necessary. He said this like February 2nd-ish. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, a lot of things changed. Uh, they did learn more things about the virus. And yes, you are allowed to have changing opinions. However, when you are a doctor of a very high profile, you probably shouldn't go out and make sweeping declarations. Yeah. Uh, now, many people have pointed out the fact, and this is true, as I've learned from reading many, many emails, he did not start recommending the masks until China told him, oh, you should probably do the masks. He was like, I don't think masks, masks are necessary. And China went, uh, I, it would really be better for everybody if you did masks. And he went, okay, well, we'll start recommending masks. And they did. Um, and I got news for you. This is a illness that is primarily spread through respiratory droplets. There's no emerging science as to whether or not masks are effective for that. There's nothing special about COVID when it comes to that. They either are effective or they're not effective, and that's been true for years. The for years. fact of masks is this. You don't need one if you're outside because either the virus isn't airborne, which means that if you're a few feet away from people, it will be uh, dispersed enough in, you know, unless they're coughing all over you, if they're just, if it's just from their talking and their spittle or they're, you know, occasionally sneezing or, or whatever and you're far enough away, the air picks it up and dis disper disperses it. It's, it's not staying, uh, it's not staying concentrated enough for you to get enough of a viral load to be able yep. to get sick. Or it is airborne, like the common cold, and you're going to get it anyway, even if you stay in your house, because it's traveling through the freaking air. Yep. It e either way, you don't need one outside. Now, inside, it can be effective if, if everyone or most people are wearing them, with the big caveat that you still need to stay apart from each other. It still isn't a, a perfect catch-all. And also, it's actually more effective to just stay out of directly out of people's faces and stay away from people that are coughing and sneezing. And also, you have to make sure the thing stays. You have to. It works well in surgical clinical conditions, not walking around Costco or Walmart. That's not. You're constantly touching it. You're moving it. You aren't wearing gloves. You're not sanitizing your hands every time you're touching it. Your kid certainly isn't while they're at school and trading it with their friends, getting snot all over it. This is not an effective way to mitigate a virus with the general population just going about their daily lives, and it never was. And that's why there has been no way to tie mask. There's never been a study that has tied mask mandates to reduce cases or deaths during the reference period. They'll say, oh, yeah, but 60 days later, it did. The virus incubation period is 14 days, which means that if the mask mandate can't be shown to do something yep. within the first at least 10 to 20 days, it didn't work. If you're going 60 days out, it was something else. Yeah, that was just time. Um, that was just time. And that's always been the case with the mask. Nothing new changed there, which is why libertarians and people with common sense have been saying, if you don't feel good, stay home. If you feel good... Go live your life and just be smart. Right. Maybe don't kiss everyone you meet right now. 
maybe don't eat after people unless you absolutely you know unless don't eat after strangers or drink after strangers you know maybe don't touch your face so often and maybe you know wash and sanitize your hands a little more often maybe wash and sanitize your hands i remember when i went to the store and all the soap was gone because half y'all hadn't been washing your hands up until then i remember that bunch of nasty asses go ahead matt sorry so no you're fine so uh i mean that's why i put that note in there yes <laughs> it's for you to do your thing um yes. but what's important to remember is that fauci is a lifelong bureaucrat uh and he was a big part of the bungling the aids epidemic in the 80s sounding an alarm about the possibility that routine close contact as within a family household can spread the disease and like i said is the highest paid person in government because of it now he wrote this article and it got shared everywhere that this was now yeah. how aids because they didn't know it came from hiv at the time not in 1983, uh, they thought that AIDS was going to start being spread through close contact as within a family household, and it was just going to take off. Uh, I want to remind anybody who might have been alive at that point um, and was working that they were not requiring masks to go everywhere mm -hmm. for a disease that was killing literally everybody who Everyone had it. Everyone who got it. It had a 100% fatality rate, and they didn't push for it. Now, remember, what we are saying here, because sometimes this can look somewhat sterile, these things that we put up. Dr. Anthony Fauci was the main person who had AIDS patients here and around the world being treated like lepers. Because common sense would tell you that if a disease was overwhelmingly being spread or overwhelmingly only being only being carried by gay men at that time that that probably meant that it wasn't spreading too much outside of sexual transmission because if they were spreading it to their family and loved ones their family and loved ones would have it you'd have old straight ladies who had it you'd have little kids who had it you'd have a whole assortment of people Maybe it's maybe the patient zeros were gay men or whatever, but it would have spread. It's just like, remember when everyone was worried about Chinese people because of COVID and very quickly, it wasn't just Chinese people at it. That's because COVID spread to everyone. It wasn't just right. that specific. It was almost entirely. It was overwhelmingly gay men that had it, not gay men who were overwhelmingly gay. The overwhelming number of people who had it were gay men. Because yes. it was a sexually transmitted disease. The handful of cases where people had it outside of that was because of gay men who were having sex with women who were then having sex with other people or whatever. Or uh, children that got it from a woman that, that uh, had it when they birthed them or being spread through hypodermic needle usage or bl bad dr blood transfusions. Right. So common sense would have said that there was no concern here for the general public until a doctor with the National Institutes of Health went around the world and all media that would listen to him and put in the Journal of American Med uh, the Journal of the American Medical Association that it could be spread through casual contact. Now, I don't know how many of you people remember this. Spike and I don't because we're way too young. Um, but there was a time period in which people said you can get HIV or AIDS through mosquito bites. Where do you think that stemmed from? 
it stemmed from this article because people started taking it to the next logical step to the next logical step to the next logical step. And yes, there was a time period in this nation where they believed that you could potentially get HIV and or AIDS from mosquito bites. They did not start mandating everybody wear bug repellent everywhere they go. Yep. And again, the horror and and panic that came during the because the AIDS epidemic went from who cares it's a bunch of gay people to oh my god we're all gonna get it we're all gonna die right hundred percent fatality rate which led to a massive stigmatization of those gay people which again doesn't make any sense because if it's already spread to everyone else cats out of the bag who cares at this point what difference at this point does it make it's why when you know if if someone who they knew had HIV got into a car accident they'd show up in hazmat equipment it was because of a handful of people, the main one being Dr. That's that one. Dr. Well, that one too. Dr. Anthony Fauci going around telling people this. And yes. he now just so happens to be the man who, like nearly 40 years later, was telling all of us to stay away from each other and to wear masks. And that government should be mandating it. Even yes. though the World Health Organization said that that wasn't a good idea. This is who the government and corporate media are treating like a hero. We'll never know how many lives he saved. We'll never know how many lives he destroyed, not just now, right. but 40 but years for, ago. Yeah, and 40 okay. years in the future from the things that he's deciding now. Yeah. Yeah, he he has been canonized by the media. Uh, there's video that you may have seen uh he was going on some podcast i don't know the name of this podcast. oh and they're like he's coming he's coming he's coming i'm so excited like i'm just shaking because dr Fauci. yeah and that's how many people are uh i have seen people getting so excited about getting vaccinated because they love dr fauci um and okay that sure whatever if that is your reasoning for getting vaccinated fine i don't understand that because that would be like me getting vaccinated because Kristen Chenoweth got vaccinated. Uh, and I'm only picking that because I just saw that online. I, I don't know. Um, but the question uh, that we all need to remember from this dump of emails is why did he shift? The most important thing is why did he shift so rapidly from downplaying the virus to saying, oh, it's not going to be that bad. It's not going to be that bad. It's going to be roughly like a bad flu season, almost verbatim. I don't actually have that one uh, pulled up to urging the lockdowns and smugly putting down anybody who said, oh, lockdowns don't work. He's like, no, these we need lockdowns. Lockdowns are very important. And you need to uh, stay home and make sure that if you leave, you wear your mask. And sometimes you're going to have to double mask. And, you know, you can't get any droplets anywhere around your face. The fact that he went from the fact that he started doing that and the fact that he went from not wanting vaccines because he didn't at the beginning, he said, no, we need to figure out how to treat this. Um, uh, or sorry, no, he didn't. He said, we need to figure out how to test for this. Uh, he went from not wanting even, vaccines and only working on testing. Tests. There were already tests. Available. There were already tests. Right. There were already tests. So they spent uh, the better part of two months trying to make their own. Didn't work. But they were still banning other people from taking it, which is how the disease right. spread out of control undetected in the first place. Right. 
but yeah, so he went from uh, only wanting testing and then he went from to only wanting vaccines and has never once in any of those emails focused on treating the disease for the people who already had it. If anybody can explain to me these jumps, great. Because I mean, again, I read two thirds of these emails. There's no explanation. And maybe that's what's all redacted, but I don't think that's it. Uh, In 3,200 pages of emails, he was like, no vaccines, no vaccines. We need testing. We need testing too. Vaccines. We need vaccines. That's it. Vaccines. Emergency orders for vaccines, which again, all for the emergency orders for vaccines. Like if you pump them out, pump them out. I'm not going to take them, but pump them out. Pump them out. Let as many people take them as they want. Stop putting these ridiculous restrictions. Right. You had states like New York where they were literally throwing away bad doses because they were saying, no, these ones are for healthcare workers. And half the healthcare workers were like, no, I don't want it. And you had people saying, OK, I'll take it. And they're like, no, you can't have it. You're not a healthcare worker. So, no, let people have it. Put those things in as many arms as want them. No yes. problem with that whatsoever. But nothing in those emails was about potential treatments. All it was saying was certain treatments wouldn't work because they had to wait for vaccines. Mainly things like, uh, I blanked on what that is called. Are you talking about hydroxychloroquine? Thank you. Hydroxychloroquine. Uh, Mainly he was saying that hydroxychloroquine wouldn't work. Um, They called it by the scientific name, but I don't remember what that is at all. But he said, let's lock them down and not let them get out until they get vaccinated. Keep them in their houses. Keep them locked up. Do not let them leave until they get vaccinated. And the question is, why? Why did he go from not caring about it to get them in their houses and do not let them leave until they get vaccinated? Because he's inept and corrupt. I thought you were going to say because he's an asshole. Um, Well, that too. That too. Right, yeah. Uh, and and he's busy making the same amount of money that he was making before, probably getting a raise out of all this. And now he's he's doing he'll be able to do the talk circuit after this because he's the hero that saved us all, even though we all also died at the same time. And meanwhile, yes. we all died four years ago when com- when uh, when uh, net neutrality was repealed. So I don't even know why we're arguing about this. I don't. Care. Anyway, I don't... Let, let me let's be clear about something here when it comes to all of this stuff. They say that you got to stay inside and you got to do this and you got to do that because if it saves even one life, then it's all worth it. Even if it destroyed countless lives in the process, if it just saves one life, then it was all worth it. And yet, there are multiple studies that have shown that those who have normal or elevated levels of vitamin D in their blood are almost certain not to end up in the hospital if they get covid of any age, of any health level. The one common thing is if their uh, vitamin D levels are, no, and, and it's a direct correlate, the higher your vitamin D levels are, the less likely you are, you are to end up in a hospital or end up, and certainly to end up dead if you get COVID. Yep. This speaks to the fact that we have a massive vitamin D deficiency in the Western world, and that's been true for years. It's why we have higher autoimmune disease rates and everything else. I had a vitamin D deficiency. It probably helped lead to my getting MS. I now take vitamin D on a regular basis. Surprise, surprise, I also went around the entire damn country and continued to do so and continued to test negative for COVID. Huh, how about that? As does... So... In addition, so now we have studies showing that vitamin D works, okay? 
Why didn't they mention that? Vitamin D is cheap. It is generic. It is easy to get. You can buy it at the store. You can get a... a I get the, the best possible form of vitamin D uh, with K2 and a two-month supply is like 20 bucks. And you can get the right. cheap stuff that's like a six-month supply for 10 bucks. If it saved one... And, and, you, and the side effect of vitamin D is that it's good for you. If it even saved one life, and yet they never brought that up. What they did tell you to do was get really stressed out, stay inside where you're likely to get more fat, and obesity has a direct correlation with bad outcomes with any disease, including COVID, not get sunlight, which is a way to get even less vitamin D, because vitamin D can be synthesized through sunlight exposure to your skin, and to worry, oh, and to stay inside and recreate the conditions and of cold and flu season. To wear one of these on your face everywhere you go, yeah. which many of you, I'm not going to say that I'm not included in this, uh, many of us did not take care of the way that uh, many would have recommended us to. And it basically made no difference at all and probably made things much worse for a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. Now. Craig Coley says this might explain the New York hotspot. They don't get much sun. Yes. If you look at, uh, if you want to look at correlations of, of what causes areas to get more or less COVID spread, population density and seasonality. Mm -hmm. It didn't spread that much in Africa, in most of Africa, at least in sub-Saharan Africa and Northern Africa, because they have massive amounts of sunlight. And because they're outside a lot and they don't tend to have high population density. Some areas do, but not not typically, not compared to like a major metro area or something like that. But then you look at a place like India and it's spreading there because they actually have a more temperate climate. In some areas, it's actually pretty cold and they have huge population density. China. Yeah. Uh, the uh, uh, and, and in the United States, state to state, uh, you can see states that are similar in population density and in seasonality temperatures, sunlight exposure, and things like that. One had heavy lockdowns. The other one didn't. They have the ex almost exact same outcomes. You were lied to. You, you were are lied still to. being lied to by this guy who also lied to you to make you scared of gay people for the better part of two years. Yep. Now, speaking of his lies... I'm just going to come out and say, like, yes, we don't know for certain anything. Uh, nothing has been proven. But this was created in a lab. I do not care what anybody else says. This was it created. Is increasingly, it is increasingly likely that this thing was created in a lab through gain-of-function research, which is why it spread specifically in Wuhan. What was that? That was uh, Superfan Sarah Andreg's arm. Sorry. Wow, that was, that was like a, yeah, she, a she came down. Shop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She came down from behind, um, which is a lot like, never mind. Uh, but, ouch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I hope at least she, she's wearing clothes because she likes she, to prance around all naked. I know she does, doesn't sense. she? I'm so glad that she's not watching this right now because she's yes. in this room. I'm not even going to say anything else to that. So that way she doesn't no, have any idea what we're talking about. But, um, Meg will tell me. I know. I love it. Um, but yeah, this thing was, uh, there are emails about gain of function from as early as February of 2020. Uh, and many of them are completely redacted. 
This one, February 1st, 2020. The attachment has to do with SARS gain of function PDF, to which Tony, Anthony, uh, Dr. DeFauci says, it is essential that we speak this AM. Keep your cell phone on. I have a conference call at 7.45 AM with Azar. It likely will be over at 8.45 AM. Read this paper as well as the email that I will forward to you now. You will have tasks today that must be done. Thanks, Tony. After that, uh, on April 16th of 2020, um, and I I read the email once, and then I found it in an article, but they didn't have the clipping of it, uh, and I couldn't go back and find it because it's 3,400 pages, and I didn't. Mm market um there was an email sent to fauci on april 16th of 2020 by francis collins the director of the nih under the subject line conspiracy gains momentum contained a link to a news story highlighting a fox news report that said uh the allegation had merit now all of this is about gain of function uh fauci's response to collins is entirely 100 percent i'm not going to say blacked out it was grayed out because if anybody has seen it you understand what i mean um they redacted his response to someone saying there's a conspiracy that's lighting up that says that this thing was now and for anybody for anybody who has uh read any of these you know that there's a conspiracy i've even seen some people say it in the uh comments here that this was engineered and it was mixed with hiv and some other things uh they had all of those responses in there I read all of them. I read the initial paper on it and I read all of the responses. Anytime somebody would send it to Tony and he would say, thanks, this is completely worthless information, Tony, or, you know, thanks. And then in some of them, he would go into real in-depth answers that I can't explain because I'm not a doctor. Um, but well, and we know he we would... did interviews where he said, uh, the experts have looked at this because now I feel like I got to do this voice. But see, I'm going to do this every time. The experts have looked at this and they looked and they saw that the way that it adapted and mutated is very, very used to what happens with, uh, you know, uh, the, the normal natural path of diseases. It definitely was not engineered. Right. But. <sighs> But uh, da, 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 da. yeah, so it was at it was around this time, April 2020, that we went from we don't need to worry about this thing. Well, between February and April 2020, that we went from we don't need to worry about this thing uh, to everybody locked down, stay away from each other, put these diapers on your face, which is why I brought this as a prop. Really, the only reason I have this today, um, put these diapers on your face and scientific experts uh, working with Fauci at the end of January 2020 were convinced that the features of SARS-CoV-2, which is what COVID-19 is, uh, the coronavirus behind uh, COVID-19, could have possibly been engineered. And even Fauci himself has said this. That was the shift. That was when the shift happened. And instead of telling us that, he told us we were racist if we thought that. As did all government and media. Sure. You can take a look at the three people who went to the three scientists who went to the hospital in Wuhan that worked in the lab uh, as, you know, potentially 
patience zero. Uh, and you can find out about the people who tried to leak information that it was created in a lab and find out what happened to them in China. If you want a very abridged, too long, didn't read, sorry for spoilers, ending for this, they're dead. Fauci is very worried because we did not give, he is accurate, we did not give $600,000 to the Wuhan lab in order to look for gain-of-function research. We gave over $800,000, which granted, based on American budget and spending, that's like nothing. That's like when you or I spend the yeah. nickel, but yeah, not even it's, it's when you and I like find lint in our, in our belly button and put it in the trash. It's, it's a nothing. It's a, dr- it's, it's the tiniest drop of it's, it's the condensation from the bucket falling back into the bucket. Uh, yeah. but did we give money for gain of function research? Yes. $817,630, I believe is the exact number. I don't remember off the top of my head. And the thing that makes me the, the angriest is that this is not the biggest story of the week. And we had to report on it because I read 2,300 pages of Fauci's emails and you guys were going to have to hear about it because... I had to spend the time reading it in order to tell you what all of us already knew. Big caveat here. A lot of what we are hearing now is coming from U.S. intelligence services. They have not proven to be the best and most reliable sources of information. I know. I hate to be the one to tell you that. We are in a really weird and uncomfortable position to have to decide whether we trust the CHICOMs uh, or the, you know, the Chinese Communist Party or the U.S. intelligence community, which is like the two worst liars alive. To, to, who do you believe? But we've been hearing these reports for quite some time. And it stands so big grain of salt with this stuff. But also, hey. The doctor who first, and I forget his name, that he ended up dying of COVID. The doctor who first said, there's a new virus out here that's similar to SARS, but not exactly the same. We need to do something. The Chinese government's response when the first SARS came out was to jump all over it, which is why it didn't spread the way that it that this one did. Yep. This time they acted really sus about the whole thing they put him and a bunch of other people yep yellow is sus and they said well yellow and red are sus right (laughs) and yeah and they said and they put yep they put i already did it they put doctors in prison for spreading propaganda you would only do that if you wanted to hide the fact that there was a virus which would only happen if you had some weird reason to not want people to know that there's a virus. And, you know, I heard a theory. I was listening to another podcast um, the other day, and I heard a theory that I actually quite like. Um, So I'm just going to repeat it like it's mine. Um, If the virus was created naturally, they would have 100% stayed with the it's not going to be that bad. Uh, it might be a little 
it's going to be on par with your H1N1 or your bird flu or any of the other things that you have been worried about for the last however many years, uh, because we seem to get these every couple of years. Yep. But this one was different. This one was different because it went from that to lockdown, go inside your house, do not leave, don't do anything, depending on which yep. state you were in. Uh, you couldn't even get food delivered. Um which was a weird thing for you to try to figure out. But um, <laughs> how am I supposed to survive if I can't get, Never mind. Um, now, if it only saves one life, you just you know, have yeah, to die. You just got to die. Um, if it had been made, if it had been natural, if it came from, you know, the wet market from somebody eating bat soup or whatever that theory right, was, right, right. Uh, I feel is, though they would have stuck with the don't worry about it just live your lives this thing will go and pass and whatever blah 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 when they started adding in comorbidity rates is when the numbers really started jumping in the united states because yes when you got covid and you had a comorbidity then your chances went up but the same thing happened with h1n1 and bird flu and everything else but if you Take a look at the numbers from 2020 and compare them to the numbers from, mm, let's say, the five years before that. The the morbidity, morbidity rate in the United States did not change. So, oh, if anybody can explain that, that would be fantastic. But yeah. you can't explain that because... There's only one explanation, and that would get us kicked off YouTube. Yeah. Uh, hopefully the fact that California just reduced their total number of COVID deaths by 25% with more expected to come doesn't get us kicked off YouTube. Couldn't possibly think of why they did that. I can't. No, I can't either. They can and tell you. If, if, if They can be the ones to tell you. And Nalik, uh, we ask him a libertarian for anybody who doesn't know who, for anybody who doesn't know who Nalik is, she is the Eskimo libertarian who's going to be having a show with the Cajun libertarian right here on Muddied Waters starting Sunday, June fourteenth, I think, uh, whatever that Sunday is, uh, at three thirty in the afternoon. Uh, she says, "I think this goes all the way back to Harambe." And you know what, Nalik, yes. I think you are correct. You are one hundred percent correct. Everything was yes. fine. And then Harambe saved a child and the government murdered him to cover up the fact that the Cleveland Zoo didn't have good protocols in place to keep children out of the gorilla pen. And they killed Harambe. And in the end, you got three separate checks equaling roughly $3,000. Yes. That's what happened. Yes. So the blood's on all of our hands. Because you accepted those checks, so you're just as equally responsible for Harambe. So if we do get kicked off of YouTube, then come join us on Float. Float.app slash Muddy Waters Media. Um, Well, folks, what's tomorrow? Wednesday, tomorrow... I wow. have a really, really cool guest um, on bet, my fellow I, Americans. 
on My Fellow Americans, 8 p.m. Eastern. My guest is Alex Hatch. Uh, she is starting an app called Mantafly. She's a libertarian. She's got this cool free market app she just started. Um, I have no financial interest in this app. I just think it's really cool, so I'm bringing her on to talk about it. She's also going to be taking some of the proceeds from that to help with her mutual aid and charity stuff she's doing. You know, we talk all the time about libertarians have solutions, free market solutions to the problems we're facing. This is going to be an example of that. Uh, and that will be uh, Wednesday at uh, 8, uh, tomorrow at 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, and then you have a, a, an episode of the Writer's Block, don't you, Matt? Yes, I do. On Thursday at 8 Eastern, uh, I have a very special episode of the Writer's Block where my dear friend, my very dear friend, Brent DeRitter, will be joining oh. me uh, to talk about his new project, Sell Liberty. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm very excited. Like, I, I, I love fun. Brent. And even if he wasn't like if he didn't have Sell Liberty, if he just wanted to come on to talk to me, I would be excited about it uh, because he is one of the most passionate, intelligent people in the Liberty movement. And I mm -hmm. adore him immensely. The fact that he wants to come on and talk about something specific. Great. Let's do it. Like I am 100% down for Brent Ritter. That's awesome. Yeah, no, Brent is awesome. Uh, and then after that, uh, come join us on Clubhouse. I think we can get Brent to join us too, because he's become a Clubhouse addict. He, um, he loves come Clubhouse. Join come join us on Clubhouse at 9 p.m. Eastern uh, with uh, me and Matt and Cajun Libertarian and the uh, Eskimo Libertarian and probably Brent DeRitter and the rest of the Muddy Waters crew. Uh, we are going to be doing a fundraiser to raise money uh, for the Breaking Boundaries uh, event in Tunica, Mississippi, uh, which is happening uh, next month. Uh, so come join us at 9 p.m. and uh, bring all those altcoins you've been hodling. We're holding. And then this weekend... Yes. This weekend, Saturday, I won't be able to make it Friday. Uh, this weekend. This weekend, this bar here breaks down. And Matt there, and there I is no bar. Be, we we will uh, be right, I'll be we'll be touching we'll be, we'll be touching like but this, for real. This will hands be way bigger. Right. Well, I gotta bring my hand up so it's the same size as your hand to get we'll be there we, stop moving. There, I'm I'm so I'm trying. There we go. Yes. There, a little bit over. There we go. Uh, no, right there. Touch all of you. Right there, they would go back like this. This weekend, Spike and I will be together on Saturday for yep. the Liberta Libertarian Party of Florida's <laughs> convention. I was like, is it the Florida Libertarian Party? <laughs> I'm, I'm a member. We're getting um, together for the Libertarian Party of Florida's convention. Uh, I will be, I'm actually going to be opening things the Friday evening. Uh, and uh, Friday night I'll be opening things, and then we will be we'll be hanging out on Saturday. Uh, then uh, I will also be there on Sunday for the breakfast and lunch, uh, and then so come hang out with us uh, at Libertarian Party of Florida. If you go to what is their website? LPF.org. 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 You can register and sign up today, and you can come and hang out with us. And then on this next Tuesday, we're doing. Our second in-person epic. I'm going to be where he is. Yes. He he is going to be I'm going here. On top of Matt. Right. Two, We're just gonna two leave this part open. one chair. We're gonna sit on that chair together for an hour and a half or two. And we're gonna do our episode of the Muddy Waters of Freedom at Matt's house. 
in 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 this chair in front together. of God and our family. We're gonna just hunker down on that chair. Two very, very male men, all on that chair together. Yes. This yes. side of the screen is gonna be black. We're gonna leave this black in remembrance of those who came before us. Matt and I will be on this side. We will both be guy on left. We'll be guys on left. Guys on left. And we will just be squeezed into this area. All up in there. We're going to be all, all, all 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 over it. All up in there. Going to be right. (laughs) And so, so tune in for that uh, next uh, Tuesday. Same money place. And and our guest on that special very special Tuesday is uh, Billy. Billy Billy Ukwu, the the founder Billy of the Ukwu. end the two party system movement. Uh, and I'm just realizing I got to figure out. I guess we are going to have to just be on that side of the screen. Yeah, there's going to be. I'm. I, I was thinking about a top bottom thing. Like I'm trying to figure out. No, that's not going to work. No. maybe that might work yeah there's gonna be some things we're gonna have to that might out. work we can talk about this later folks you guys right. are gonna have such a great time we don't need to hear this i need to hear our little little tiff on that we'll figure it out we're gonna have a great oh. episode yeah and this sunday this sunday tune in for oh gosh kg yeah that's this new sunday, we're not used to it yeah we're not used to this this sunday the 13th. Uh, on, uh, the 13th at 3 p.m., we the very first inaugural episode of Cajun and Eskimo from Bayou to the Igloo. And that's the name of that show. And we're all going to tune in and watch that. I can't wait to see what they got in store for us with uh, Noel, Noel and, uh, and Nullick, uh the Cajun Libertarian and the Eskimo Libertarian respect respectively and uh so tune in for that for sunday yeah we are so not used to promoting other people's shows um so and then join us uh next tuesday right there right there right here right Right here here. right there right here join us right there uh for the money waters of freedom uh but folks thanks so much for tuning in uh this show uh cannot be what it is without y'all we love you very much uh Come to Florida. Come hang out with us. Come hang out with James Ray while he talks. You know, takes multiple different subjects that are separate and merges them together. Merges them together. Just mashes them together. Just, like peanut butter and jelly. Like P Diddy in the nineties. Um, yes. Oh wow! Yeah, he samples. <laughs> come join us with James Ray while he samples. Uh, folks, we love you very much. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we will see you uh, tomorrow for My Fellow Americans, day after that for uh, Writer's Block. Writer's Block. Uh, hopefully see you in Florida. It's next Sunday, see you for uh, Eskimo, and the big bite, Cajun and Eskimo. Yeah, Eskimo. And then we'll see you next week right here, same muddy place, same t- muddy time, where the, the sweet summer boys are back together again, where they always belonged. Folks, thanks so much for tuning in. We love you. And where we're going... We don't need roads.